Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to Game Stuff. I'm your gamer guy, the grounded gamer himself, Corey. And join me here today. We sadly don't have Kalai, but um, she is with us in spirit. Um, she's not dead. Don't worry. She'll be back. She's just taking a little bit of time, enjoying some pina coladas, some fancy beers. If you want to check more of that out, you can go to our Game Stuff Facebook group as well as you can check out Kalai on her Twitter and her actual Facebook itself, and you can see all the wonderful things she does. Uh, but with me today, I have Joe. How's it going, Joe? Hey, guys. What's going on? And we have Roberto. <coughs> Hi, everyone. How is everyone doing? You, you okay over there, Roberto? Yeah, I drank diet green tea, and I guess, uh, I guess I didn't wash everything down. I also had three tacos before I came on the show, so... Um, Feeling pretty good. So, guys, uh, what we're going to go on about this week in this topic, we're going to talk about uh, all the upcoming games uh, from now, uh, from the beginning of October till the end of the year, and some of the ones that we we know are coming, hopefully out uh, before the end of the year or close to twenty twenty one that we want to mention about us too, so you guys can get ready to see our picks of what those are. So, before we do that, though, um, I would love to talk about the backlog beatdown. Um, but I don't have that. So I'm just going to like imagine the numbers in my brain and it's going to be JT first, Joe's somewhere in second. Uh, everybody else is fighting around. Uh, Kali's in, uh, up there with a lot of negatives. Roberto's almost at zero. Uh, I haven't submitted anything in a while. So, uh, I'm around negative 12, negative 13, uh, just in case you guys want to do that. But if you do want to check that out, just, you know, look up the backlog beatdown. You guys can join that and compete with us and see how everybody else is doing. But as always, we're going to start the show off with what we've been playing. Joe, what have you been playing? Uh, so I actually um, acquired a review copy of WWE Battlegrounds from 2K Games and Saber Interactive. Um, it's basically a Smash Brothers-esque wrestling game. Uh, it's really cool. Um, I played it for about, I would say like, 15 20 hours um i beat the main campaign which was pretty cool um i really liked how they used a comic book style aesthetic to tell the main story of the game so basically the story of the game is um paul Heyman is one of the um the creative writers for wwe or and he's also a talent scout or he was a talent scout i don't know what, i think he's just creative now he's actually on tv again now but but long story short he's looking for He's looking to start this new team of wrestlers and basically it's called Battlegrounds and he goes around the United States looking for new wrestlers to um, bring into the fold and it starts in um, Orlando and it goes all the way to like New York and and it goes to Detroit and Mexico 
and like the bayou and each time you go somewhere else you get a new character uh, and you play as like seven different characters in the campaign they play uh they play kind of different but it's kind of like smash brothers so i don't know if you guys have ever played smash brothers i, I i'm assuming you all have uh you know that there's only like two or three moves per character and then it like and then it's all like smash attacks well with this there's a heavy attack a light attack and then like a, a strong grapple that you do at the with the flick of the um the right the right stick and basically it, it grapples and launches the person into the air and then it does a combo move and then um with the you have traits that you can equip to your characters that you unlock and they can do like different types of elemental attacks like uh, I think the best one that I had was either like lightning fists or firearms and you just equip it and you could just like pummel the enemy like just like go ape on them and um I'm enjo- I enjoyed it um I don't know if I would pay the $40 for it per se I probably would have cuz if I didn't get a review code I probably would have bought it cuz I'm pretty- you you know you would have bought it I know yeah I'm a big sucker for WWE products so I probably would have bought it especially with no 2K21 this year um, I mean, well, it, and quick question for you, Joe, because I talk about the idea of buying it um, when it comes to the game. Now, I know listening to you, you said that you might this might be the game that if you had a choice, you would have gone handheld over console, right? Yeah, it's it's OK. So the way the game is, it's very gotcha mechanic. Um, there's 70 wrestlers in the game when you get the game and then there's 70 more or 75 more that'll be added as dlc but it's free dlc but the way they get you is every single wrestler is unlockable through coins and Corey and i i i, I actually stream this on twitch and Corey watched me like I, how excited was i to play this game Corey? oh you were like super stoked i, I mean i y- you got the code um you phoned me um i was on my couch uh <laughs> and you were super excited and you're like i have to like go now and you phoned me when you got home. And then you were like sitting there phoning me as you talking to me as you were putting in the code. And then like it was just like you, your your excitement was uh, the last time I saw you that excited for a game to come out was was probably. Hmm, that's that's a, even a, even that's a hard one. Like. That's it. It's been a while. It's been a very long while since like, I, oh, um, Marvel. I think Marvel was the last one. Where we were all excited to play on like launch, but but a- a- as Marvel, um, we've learned that that game is very much a games of service where it'll become better later on. But it's still good. I still hold ho- hope out for Marvel Avengers. So kind of like I was saying, uh, it's very gotcha heavy. So like Roberto, you've played games with gotcha mechanics, right? Where you get a set amount of characters in the beginning, and then it makes it entices you to want to keep playing. But sometimes it's like man it's like is the is the risk really worth the reward here like am i do i have to play so many matches to get one character is it worth it to even play as that character when their move sets are so limited well my gotcha i mean uh what i'm familiar with is just you're playing a game that is constantly begging you to file a a microtransaction and regrettably that's been my issue with um with Elder Scrolls Blade, like I'm kind of really being discouraged from playing the game at this point, as it continuously has these difficulty spikes, and then it's like, oh, you could resurrect yourself by buying gems. And I spent like ten bucks the other day 
I said to myself, what the hell am I doing? You know, this, that's $10 I could have gone to an actual complete game as opposed to just getting a p couple of gems to just resurrect myself. Because if you don't resurrect yourself, then you have to start all the way from the beginning. And it's, it's such a long grind just to be able to level up your armor and all that in the game. So I admit that, it. I mean, your original statement about how this feels like a micro, uh, an original microtransaction-based game turned into a mainstay wrestling game because of the cancellation of WWE 2K21, it sound, definitely does sound very you know, legitimate, plausible, because of the fact that it's just constantly bothering you to keep playing or invest in something in order to be able to keep playing. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, sorry. It seems like that's becoming more of a thing. Like gotcha mechanics, like uh, Genshin Impact came out uh, earlier this week, and it's something I played. And it's one of those things where you play it. It seems like a great adventure game, but then as you get further, like Roberto says, there's those games now that are just like, hey, for a dollar, you get to re-roll some items, possibly get a new character, upgrade your gear, or you can take the time to do it. Um, like one of our buddies, Tyson, uh, played Genshin Impact for like, oh, like 12 hours straight um, to become level 20, whereas there's probably people that just paid to have it done. And I, I that's really where I see these gotcha mechanic games going now is like you were, I, I watched it when you did your Twitch and you're like, OK, here's the wrestler I want. And then she, she has oh, a different yeah. skin, Banks. right? All I wanted to yeah, do is play she... Sasha Banks when I loaded the game up, Roberto. Like, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to play as my favorite wrestler, Sasha Banks. And she's locked. Yeah, they so Joe's like, away, okay, how many, how many, how many, and then I, like, figured it out. Uh, to unlock the average wrestler, it would take Joe anywhere from six to, like, depending on how well he did in the match, it was going to take anywhere from eight to ten matches per wrestler, and then another eight to ten matches to do their skins. So when you look at the roster that you have there, like you're doing hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of matches in order to have to fully unlock every character and all the skins and color. And in all on it, that's where those games get you is because when you looked at it, though, it was take your time doing it. Or I think it was a dollar for some characters to unlock them. And it's like, well, well, okay, it's so just a dollar, right? 2K and Saber Interactive were, were kind enough to give me the deluxe version of this game, which was very kind of them. So it came with um, a bunch of incentives. Like, I got a lot of extra currency to spend to make um, to make it so I could access who I wanted from the get-go. So that was a little um, little generous of them. It was really nice of them to, to do that. It was cool because I got to kind of like experience the game from more of like a an aspect of having who I wanted when I wanted them. But I could see where like a lot of people would struggle with the fact that like their favorite wrestler is locked behind a paywall and they can't get access to them until they play the game enough. Um, that being said, um, the single player campaign was pretty fun. It took me about 14 hours to beat it. Not even, no, I would say like seven hours. It was, it was short. Uh, but there also is a, there, there's also like a campaign for your creator wrestler which is which is another um another mode you could play and then then the bulk of the game is all multiplayer and challenges um let's talk a little bit about the challenges they're pretty cool they're like most um online games nowadays so they have like daily challenges where you have to do certain things like it's like have three tag team matches in a day um hit someone with a motorcycle 
hits someone with a steel chair and they're different every day and they give you a, a sizable amount of coins. Um, it, it does look like the game might have a season like attached to it. And I'm, and I was like, wondering if that's kind of idea. Well, not like in a fact that like you have a certain amount of time to like fill up the bar and like if you don't fill it up, then it like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, back yeah. to zero. And I think that's when they're going to start adding more characters. Like I wouldn't be mad if this game was free to play. Like I was, I was tell- like I said before, Roberto made mention that before we actually went on air. I don't think I actually said this on 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 the recording that I do think this game was going to be a free to play game, and then because of the cancellation of Two K Twenty One. They were like, okay, we need to scramble and put something out. That may not be true because they, they did have this game slated to come out this year before the cancellation of 2K21. They were working on a separate game. Um, I was very excited to get this. Um, I'm a, Like I said, I'm a huge, huge, huge WWE fan. Um, I think they get my money like nine times out of ten. I mean, I haven't really watched much since the pandemic happened. It's kind of hard to watch wrestling with no fans. It kind of takes a lot of the air out of the sales. But... Um, the last thing I'll talk about with this game is the online mechanics and playing with people. Um, this is one of the most fun games I've played in a long time playing with people. Um, it's really cool. Like the steel cage mechanics are cool. Like if you ever watched a steel cage match, like the object is to escape the cage. Well, they make it kind of different in this game where you have to collect like bags of money. And when you collect like enough bags of money to fill up your gauge, then you can escape the cage. But everybody's trying to pull you off the cage and then the cage electrifies itself and you fly off and it's it's a bunch of silly fun and nonsense. Um, it's up to four players, which is really cool because like it gets pretty intense with four people. All right. We talked enough about the good. Let's talk about the bad. Well, one more before you go into there. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Roberto, if I'm correct, uh, you and me are not wrestling guys, correct? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, nothing against it. It's just it's not really my particular thing i mean i i i'll follow a little bit here and there and um but i don't know what's going on um with with wrestlers and the story and all that and in any narrative it's just it's not the same it just feels like very it doesn't just feel like what it once was or what it used to be i mean i'll i'll give the new day some credit they kind of brought a lot of anime geekiness into the whole thing and like they came out wearing those the, the suits that vegeta wears in dragon ball z and i thought that was great but uh and they actually had a podcast for a time. But uh, yeah, like I'm not too into it, as, not as much as I used to anyway. So, so Joe, with that in mind, um, now I'm a guy that played the old uh, 64 games. And I love the battle royale mechanic of, like you say, playing multiplayer with people and things like that. And that was one of the best things. You just have like seven or eight people do a Royal Rumble. Uh, you Someone got thrown out. They pass the controller and you keep on playing. Um, now. Is there incentive for people like me and Roberto that don't play wrestling to maybe pick this game up as kind of a game to have to play with friends and have fun, even though they might not be into wrestling? So I don't know if I don't know if I would go that far. I would say if it was a free to play game, this game would this game would be great because um, even if you don't know who the wrestlers are, it's it's mad fun. It's kind of like playing No Mercy or or uh, WWE 2000 or uh, um nwo revenge on the 64 like you guys were saying it's got that feel to it where like even if you don't like wrestling the game's fun enough where you could just pick it up and play it they made the controls very simple and i think that lends to like the accessibility of the game and i and i and i really stress that the game is way too simplistic for like people who love like 
like uh, simulation wrestling games, like the 2K, like the WWE 2K games that come out yearly. But if you're looking for like a good arcade game, this kind of scratches that itch. I wouldn't say it's as good as its like predecessor, which would be something akin to like WWE All Stars that came out on uh, 360 and PS3 back in like the the early to mid 2000s. I wouldn't say it's like that because though that game was it took the simulation route but added over the top action into the simulation game. This is just very arcadey, like super super arcadey. Um I love the character models. Like let's talk about them real quick. They're they're really cool. Uh, each character has or not I, I don't think each character does. Maybe each character does. Um they all have different outfits they can wear. The, again, they get you with the gacha mechanic there where like they, they'll unlock the character for you, but then the alternate skins they cost money. So it, it it's really it's really a game that'll get you play like the kids will play this game constantly. Like I know um I know Daryl will pick this game up because he's gonna play it with his kids, and that's that's cool because I think that's that's kind of where it should be played. Families is this is a good family game. Like honestly, like like Roberto, I think I think your brother would be able to play this game and have fun with it. Because it's very simplistic. It's like a light attack, a heavy attack, and then no. A grapple button. That's it. Way too fast for him, but I, I guess watch her for five minutes. I don't know. He has a weird thing with games. I did put on WWE 2K21 time in my room, and he sat for five minutes and left. But in any case, uh, what's the next game you've been playing? Um, what else have I been playing? Um, trying to think. Oh, Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, for the PS4, the remastered version. Um, I stopped playing for a while because I, I, it, the game is just really like quick to me compared to like Kingdom Hearts one, which I think is even quicker than this game. But I just found, I just found when you got to the twist part of the game and then it kind of like makes you go back and close all the keys, it just got repetitive and I kind of put it down and then I picked it back up a week ago and I was like, all right, let me finish this because it's on my backlog. I'm like literally 75% through the game. Let's just finish it. And then I run into what is called the difficulty spike in that game where you get to the, the fights with organization 13 and these fights just make me just make you want to like throw the controller on the ground and break a controller like seriously these are some of the hardest boss fights I've ever played in games just because like you have to have certain items to do them and if you don't have them you have to grind for them and uh Kingdom Hearts doesn't do a very good job of teaching you to use your drive systems during the game it kind of just gives them to you, but it doesn't teach you. It doesn't tell you how to unlock the levels in the drive, which I think is kind of annoying. Like they should give you a hint of like what you need to do to level up the drives. Like it's a lot of like looking shit up on the internet. And I'm I'm like, I'm at the age now where like it's it. We're in like 2020. Like games don't do that anymore. Like games pretty much tell you how to do things now. So going back to a game that predates like kind of not not handholding, but like kind of spelling things out for you it's hard to go back to those games even even being raised in an age where like i didn't have those type of games like we didn't have games back in the day that held your hand like that but this this game really it's it's really like it shows its age with the fact that there's just not a lot of like tutorials to tell you what to do and it's just it's just frustrating and things don't work and the controls are still clunky and the targeting system is god awful in that game god awful and 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 now playing Final Fantasy VII remake, like I just don't like the control style in Kingdom Hearts anymore. Like it's archaic to me. Once you play Final Fantasy VII remake, like you'll understand what I mean by that. 
um, if you've never played it, like it, it really takes the Kingdom Hearts like battle system and refines it. Well, even the Kingdom Hearts three, I think like I played Kingdom Hearts three all the way through, and I can tell you that I did do Kingdom Hearts one for a bit as well before I went to Kingdom Hearts three, um, just because I was like, okay, well, I beat the two before, um, I want to play them again. But I can tell you right now, like Kingdom Hearts three really changes the mechanics to work and feel a lot better and where i don't feel like i'm dying because the game's not working i'm dying because i don't know how i'm I'm not doing the right thing okay that's that's a good thing to know that makes me kind of optimistic if i can ever friggin beat this game yeah so i i just think like i'm just i'm just mad at like the fact that like some of these bosses have unblockable attacks and they're like ridiculously hard like the di- like I don't understand why the difficulty spike is like the way it is. And like, I'm just waiting. I can't wait till this episode comes out because JT is going to come in and be like, the game's easy, bro. Just get good. It, it's annoying. Like, it, I don't like games where like I have to grind to get the final weapon to beat the game. Like, that should be optional. Like, there's not a single Final Fantasy game that you have to get the, the final weapon to beat it. There's not. Not a single one. Like, they're always optional. Like, I feel oh. like. Oh, yeah. No, continue. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, I was going to continue on to the next next game that I know you've been playing, but no, continue with Kingdom Hearts. Well, I mean, if you want to wait to talk about that together when we when you that's go through your games, we could do that as well. That's but, what I was thinking. But like, to, it's like Roberto. I know you said you beat Kingdom Hearts too, right? Yeah, years ago, but I did. So I don't know if you know if you play two point five or if you played uh, Final Mix on the PS two, which only came out in Japan. They put a fight in with Roxas. That's like literally makes people want to break their controllers because it's it's just ridiculous. Not, no, I have not. I played just the the American PS2 version. So I oh, you never played the PS4 versions? Familiar with? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're a treat. I mean, they they do look visually better than the PS2 versions, and they did a great job remastering the games. I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm just hitting my head against the wall, and I feel like I've, I haven't struggled in a game like this in a long time. So. I feel I, I did feel great victory, though, when I did beat Roxas, like Corey will attest because he was on chat with me when it happened. Like I I literally marked out and got all excited. Yep. And, and I feel like I feel like that's what you should have a feeling when you beat something in a game. So I kind of I got to applaud them for making the game somewhat difficult, but I'm just not used to games being difficult anymore. So for that to be difficult on normal was kind of like it's shocking how hard it is. It's it, it like pulls no punches and I and to like to like give you kind of like where I am, I'm like level 60 and you, you only need to be level 50 to beat the game. Right. Uh, what it else makes is sense? Exactly right. Other than that, I played about another five or six hours of Hyrule Warriors this week. Um, so the continuation to 100% that game is is on. I am I am just about to eclipse 100 hours of gameplay on that game. Uh, and just so you guys know, we are 44 days away from Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. It's probably the game I'm the most hyped for for the rest of the year because we didn't get a release date for for for, uh, for Persona 5 Scramble in US yet. Which I'm like, what the hell? Like I honestly thought that like we would get that at Tokyo Game Show, and we didn't get it. Like I was shocked because the game came out in the West almost or in the East almost a year ago now. Like it's literally almost been out for a year and we've heard nothing. 
And I wonder if that's because we're going to get a full translation, which I hope we do. But I don't know if you guys know the track record with Persona spinoffs. They usually don't get voiceovers in America. Nope. They usually just get text. Like, if you ever play the Persona fighting game, it's one of the most disappointing games ever because you have to read everything and they don't they didn't get the voiceover actors to do the voices for all the dialogue. It's a great fighting game, though. It is, and the story's great if you can read through 900 hours of text. Like, it's literally a lot of text. But uh, anyway, um, Roberto, what have you been playing this week, man? So I visited my friend's house up north, uh, and we pretty much played video games all weekend, which is great, and I really needed it, given everything going on in the world and what's going on in my own life. So I decided to uh, just roll, mosey on over to playing some games in the backlog. Uh, finally played Toe Jam and Earl back into the groove. Is that the new one that came out this year? Not this year, last year. I'm sorry, last year, yes, correct. So, uh, yeah, so what happened was uh, that that came out last year. It was in development for a while. Like, I remember seeing a promotion for it back in 2016 at PAX West, and there was a guy dressed as, uh, as I think it was Earl. Yeah, Earl's the big guy. <laughs> uh, walking around, you know, just playing funk and all that. And I was like, this is cool. And th- I never really heard of the game again, which was re- weird. It was just, it like disappeared. I think it was originally supposed to be with uh, Adult Swim Games and then something happened. Nothing bad. Just, you know, they kind of decided to do their own thing. And then before you realized it, it was just like, okay, you know, let's just ro- uh, roll on to... Uh, just doing our own thing, and it became a very remarkably chill, laid-back game. The original Toe Jam and Earls, from what I gather, were games that were kind of like the Seinfeld of their time. It's like you know how the Seinfeld is described as a show about nothing. The yes. game is like the games have been described as games that are almost about nothing. It's just you walk around, you do things, and that's kind of what you do. It, throughout the course of the game so uh in, in this case with the newest one uh the objective is to go around to collect gifts repair your ship and get back into space and uh all through the uh the uh, the aspects of funk and the 90s and the colors and the designs and the animations and all that and it's it's pretty cool it's a pretty neat little chill, laid back game. There's no shooting really. There's no destroying enemies. There's no kind of gunfire or anything like that. Just explore a land, get your ship back together, enjoy the music, and that's really it. You know, just kind of kick back and relax with your best friend. So it's pretty neat. Um, we played like the tutorial world type thing, uh, which was like, there's like, different aspects the game is procedurally generated so there's there's like the tutorial world there's the fixed world there's a randomized world and the objective is to play this game over and over again and go through each uh aspect of the of each world and then be able to uh you know get your ship together and move on forward so the soundtrack for the originals was tremendous and this new one is really neat because it's all bass and funk and kind of like this cool jazzy aspect of sorts and looking at the original screenshots of the original Toe Jam and Earl, it's kind of on the same level. The two Toe Jam and Earl games from the Sega Genesis were kind of 
as as mentioned before, just this kind of laid back collecting exploration game. It was never um anything like anything kind of like what typical Sega games were at the time with speed and action. So this was nice. I, I liked it. It's it's laid back, it's fun, it's groovy, it's not annoying or irritating. It's the kind of thing you just mellow out to and just enjoy yourself and just appreciate the the music and the visual aesthetics. It's also on P- uh, Nintendo Switch as well, so if you want to uh, get funky on the Switch, you can. The PS4 version is what I played it on. I believe it's also on PC and Xbox. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, like, have you guys been into any of that or no? I mean, I I love Choji and Earl on the Sega Genesis. Um, the first one and the second one, I actually beat them both when they came out on the Sega Genesis collection, the Sonic Sega Genesis collection for 360, way back in the day. And I beat them with my, uh, with my best friends, um, back when they came out on the Sega Genesis when we were kids. Um, I have fond memories of Toe Jam and Earl, and I was very excited to check out this game. I just, I just got, it just kind of got lost in the, uh, in the shuffle of things, but I I definitely want to check it out eventually. Yeah, same here. I mean, for me, uh, I played it a little bit when I had the collection, um, but like I said, I didn't have those fond memories of it, so I really never dove deep into it. But when the remake came out, I'm like, well, this is maybe, you know, obviously with remakes, they put work into it so it plays better and music's better and things like that. And like, it just seems to have more of that appeal. So it's definitely something I've been looking at when it goes like probably on my Switch. I'm going to probably pick it up on there. Uh, something to just hey i got a couple hours sitting down over here i'll just play it and beat it and stuff like that right so yeah it's definitely something different and uh also there's a physical copy for uh ps4 and switch i believe so uh, if you're lucky enough to find a cartridge out there uh definitely nab it um anyways moving forward i uh a lot of the other games we did play inevitably was was for ps4 and uh another one of the games i happened to play was the Hunt Down, which was a side scroller cyberpunk game from Coffee Stain Publishing. Yeah. Is, that one, is that the one where you play with like the different characters? There's three different characters. They're um and it's like a, it looks kind of reminds me of Robocop versus the Terminator. Yeah, or it has like an aesthetics like an eighties uh action film, right? Not quite, kind of. I wouldn't call it 80s. It looks, like I said, it looks like an SNES RoboCop versus the Terminator type game. Interesting. If you if you remember RoboCop versus the Terminator, uh, Judge Dredd, any of those 16-bit thick, uh, almost like comic book style side-scroller action platformers on the SNES, and maybe even the Genesis, but more so on the SNES, it's kind of like that. So... It's a simple premise. It's a cyberpunk world, and you know it's dystopic, and law enforcement's kind of overwhelmed. So you are a uh, a hunter, and you hunt down uh, the biggest and the baddest criminals. So your objective is to uh, punish anybody who stands in front of you. So it it's I liken it to RoboCop vs. the Terminator a lot because that was a game I played relentlessly growing up. I really appreciate the visual style of RoboCop vs. the Terminator. It felt like a moving, living, breathing graphic novel, which is based on the graphic novel of the same name. You also had great gameplay with RoboCop switching between weapons, the plasma cannon, the little plasma pistol, 
the uh, the level designs facing off against the Terminator, eventually getting to the future with the face down Skynet, and so on and so forth. So it was a very neat game, and also the soundtrack was badass. This is similar because the object it, it's the point is to eliminate everybody on screen through side scroller action. You have a primary weapon with infinite ammo. You can collect smaller weapons like a bat, a crowbar, grenade, a submachine gun, a shotgun. And, of course, you have to take out, like, lots of bad guys. The goons actually look like uh, kind of the wild bad guys you would see in, like, the first uh, in the first two Robocop movies. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, or even the first Terminator uh, before um, when the Terminator finally shows up. And the it's intense. It's difficult. The gameplay's really good, though. And then you have a boss fight, which can get a little bit frustrating. Uh, the, the, each boss is very different from the next. And one guy was a wrestler, and he basically was like, you know, Randy Macho Man Savage, and he was very difficult because he would just he would pile drive you and you'd just be ejected from the ring, and then you had to get back in the ring, and then there'd be other little guys trying to kill you. But uh, it was good, you know, like it was a good, lean, tough boss fight. There's multiple sectors of the city to take care of, multiple boss fights to encounter. Uh, there's a whole voice briefing that you have. The three characters that you choose are cool. One of them's an Earth, a regular human woman, no cyborg parts, Earthling. The other is a cyborg who's a human, but he has like cybernetic parts. And the other guy's just a full-fledged android, so I chose that guy. And each one has its own unique ability. So it's really neat. It's on the Switch. I remember playing this at PAX East in 2017 or 18. It was I really liked it a lot. And it's it has kind of a good steep um, learning curve there for any completionists out there. You know, if you want to complete everything and not die in the level, which because it's easy to die in these levels or collect all the sashes, things like that. It's it's good stuff. So I personally liked it very much. The soundtrack, the visuals are great. The gameplay is spot on. Uh, definitely give this one a try. Um, Especially if you like old school side scrolling action games. Uh, does nice, that interest nice, you guys nice. or any any interest to, to well, I mean ever... side scrolling side scrolling games are always like a kind of like that 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 thing where I just you know, any side scroller I'll try and play it for sure. Um I just like slide scrollers, especially the more action oriented ones like uh you know, Strider twenty fourteen, the old uh, all the old action side scrollers like the Ninja Gaiden um, or Gaiden, um, and a lot of those games have always like uh, one of the ones I actually really want to pick up is um, oh, it's gonna kill me that I can't remember the name of it now. Um, was the Xbox exclusive that came to PlayStation Four and Switch now? Cuphead, Cuphead, mm-hmm. got it. But yeah, like a lot of those games, I really love. I always love the the side scrolling games. They've always been something I'll always pick up and try. Yeah, so it's it's uh that's a good way to look at it. So um it's definitely something it's an interesting take on things. So um yeah, Cuphead's pretty cool. I got to actually get a motoring and, and continue on with that one. But yeah, definitely don't overlook this one. This is a lot of fun. And then last game I'll choose is uh, Ginga Force, which is a spaceship shooter from Rising Star Games on PS4 and Steam. So Ginga Force was actually at PAX East this past March, and Ginga Force is actually a spaceship shooter that kind of looks like something that was released for the Sega Saturn or the Dreamcast, and that's a good thing, because they 
happen to have some of the best uh, spaceship shooters around. And uh, it's actually uh, pretty neat because it has like a whole story behind it. There's characters behind it, and the gameplay is extraordinarily accessible as well as a lot of fun. It, there's multiple difficulty meddings, the settings, and there's a lot of polish. It's a lot. It's like it has that firm challenge where it's, it's you want to keep trying, but it doesn't just you know it doesn't break your ankles and say that you know you suck. So it's a really neat um, shmup with different perspectives. Like you'll be behind the ship, and it'll be top down, and the enemy might be firing from behind. There is a bevy of bullets that are being flung at you and bonus objectives to complete. There's also the um, the fact that you can upgrade your ship and uh, get new lives, but also get new uh, weapons and capabilities to fight with. So um, the premise is that um, there's a planet called Seventia, which is basically like Earth. And there's these resources called Septonium. And uh, you follow Alex and Margaret as they... Uh, they go through their adventures kind of being like you know the military police of taking down criminals and then uncovering uh a whole mystery behind all this stuff on the planet and it's just a lot of fun overall uh there's the characters are kind of reminiscent of something i would have seen in a 90s anime and the uh, there is japanese voice work with english subtitles the only annoying part is that the story is it, it kind of happens like there's banter and conversation that happens in the game while you're fighting and since it's in Japanese, you really don't know what they're saying. And then your eye is so focused on staying alive that you're not taking, you're not paying attention at all to the upper right-hand corner where you get to see everything translated. So it kind of, it's a little bit distracting because you want to, you want that banter to be there. So you kind of wish there was like an English dub, but um, unfortunately there is none. So at the same time though, the gameplay is still top notch. There's still cutscenes before and after missions. And the gameplay, like I said, is very accessible. There's the primary shot, the secondary shot, uh, a special weapon that you can choose. There's also the fact that there's multiple difficulty met settings, and the game encourages you to go through all of them. So easy, normal, and hard. And naturally, the, the, the more you play, the more you upgrade your ship, and then you might be able to get the badass high-level primary cannon that will help you out in the game. So... It is really good so far. It comes uh, for the price of $19.99. It just came out like two weeks ago on PlayStation 4 and Steam. I personally would have to definitely recommend this one very much so because it's sharp. It's action-packed. It's a shmup. Shmups are great for any players out there that with an interest in gameplay and just quick, straight action. And overall, it has great visuals, great gameplay. I mean, you can't go wrong with this one. Sounds like something I would probably play if I wasn't playing so much Pokemon. Right, Joe? Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Pokemon is, like, taking over my life as well. Um, I, I blame Corey for, and Brandon for buying Pokemon. And then I got sucked back in as well. I'm telling you, yeah. Roberto, this is a different Pokemon game than your, than your normal run-of-the-mill Pokemon game. And I, I made fun of all the extra new features they added. And they actually make the game more enjoyable. But I'll let Corey yeah. explain it. Yeah, so uh, basically... Uh, well, tell them which Pokemon game you're playing, by the way. Yeah, so we're what playing games, Pokemon Sword and Shield, basically, is what we're playing. Uh, Brandon just got himself a Switch. He joined the Switch Army. Um, and with that, one of the games he picked up was Pokemon. And I'm like, well, 
now more than ever is a reason to buy Pokemon, I guess. And I know Joe had it, so he bought Sword, Brandon bought Sword, so I bought Shield. Um, and then we started to play it. And I kid you not, this... I haven't played a Pokemon game since Yellow. So my experiences are of the old classics where it's the, you know, 151, the really having to like worry about a lot of different things. But the nice thing I love about this Pokemon game that are a lot of new features that are neat uh, that make this game kind of very much anyone could play it. Um, They have mystery trades where I can give any random Pokemon that I've caught on my journey. Um, I mean, and that's not away. true. That's not new per se, but it's new to you. It's new to me, which I haven't played in a while. But I, I like the idea that I can just be like, "Hey, I, I caught five of these stupid birds. Uh, I'm going to trade them and get something random." And I've got everything from like a level 100 Alakazam to uh, the other stupid bird back. Um, but I mean, with that, there's so many different uh parts to that that you can do. Um, the new system of doing the raids or, or Dynamax battles is amazing. I, the idea that we can join in uh, with three friends, uh, that we don't have to be in a game together. We just have to, it, it does become a little bit tricky. I wish we could just be like, hey, we're in a party. Let's do raids together. Uh, they do make it a little bit interesting where you basically launch what they call a raid. Um, and then once you launch it, uh, your friends have to then click onto it and log into it either by you putting a code on it or just by being fast enough. But it gives you the idea that all your friends are working together to take down one giant massive mon- uh, Pokemon uh, and you're allowed to make one giant massive Pokemon to fight that one. Um, plus, the this is the first Pokemon. I've, I mean, we all know that Pokemon games have it where, hey, you beat the gym and then you got to go beat the Elite Four and then there's the hidden Mewtwo battle and there's always like these hidden battles. but from a story standpoint, this game was the first one that I saw that doing the gym battles isn't the only story. I'm not going to spoil what that story is, but there's a story and then there's a side story and then there's DLC and the DLC has a whole a whole storyline um, that you can play through and that has its own thing. And then the idea that they're innovating, adding more Pokemon as we go um, for the people that are like me coming returning from a long time away and we have pokemon from the newer generations as well but the idea that it's just so accessible um i like to use quick balls uh joe didn't believe in the quick balls to begin with this game uh you gotta believe in the quick balls uh they just let you catch pokemon all day but Explain, how, explain how the quick ball works, Corey. For so, the, like... so the way it works is quick balls came out like in Gen 5 or something like that, where if you throw it, it's the first thing you do in a match. It has a five times chance to catch the Pokemon. Like it just increases your chances. Um, so what makes this so great is if you have a Pokemon that comes out, hits the other Pokemon with a status effect right away, and is like 10 levels higher, the odds of you catching that Pokemon are almost 100% chance. So I buy a lot of these quick balls and just catch hundreds and hundreds of Pokemon. But I like it because I always found the hardest part about the old Pokemon games was you'd build this team and you'd build a team that was super powerful, but then you'd run into a Pokemon you need, but he's super weak. And you're like, how am I going to catch this guy? Every time I, I hit him and touch him, he dies. 
So ClickBalls fixed that problem. And uh, like I say, with the trading being so easy, uh, that also fixes a lot of that problem. And then there's just, it's just, there's so many things that make this Pokemon game just so good. I don't have to walk or I can see where the Pokemon are. So I'm not having the issue of like having to random battle. I can get Pokemon I want instead of the ones I don't want. Um, they make it so that most of the Pokemon are in a certain wild area so that you don't have to sit there. And like, if you just want to grind the wild area to level up your Pokemon and catch different Pokemon, do that. And then when you want to beat the story, you just continue down the, the story. It's quick, it's easy, and it, it's you're not it's not feeling like a grind like the old Pokemon games used to be. Um, and Joe, I know for you, you played this a bit, and then you came back. And tell us about your experience doing that. So I think I put about 20 hours into the game, but I feel like I was playing it like an original Pokemon game, and how I play all Pokemon games. So I would grind through each area leveling up my Pokemon like 10 levels every like gym and it was just taking me forever but I was really like experiencing the wild area and catching everything and leveling each thing I found up and then like evolving it and then moving on to the next Pokemon and then Corey and Brandon come up here with their quick balls and their nonsense and they're like oh we're just gonna catch everything we find and it just changed my way of playing. I mean, I still don't I still don't catch like evolved versions of Pokemon. I just don't do that. I always I always like to train my Pokemon up so I can get like the earlier moves in their moveset because it's just always the way I've played because sometimes some of those earlier moves are good status effect moves that you can't get later on in their evolutionary chain. Uh, they kind of changed that too though with the move the move trainer or whatever the hell it's called where you can like yeah. go back and get the moves. Um well, and also, I I... too, uh, the, the, another cool thing, uh, I know I, I, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but so not only, and this is new to me, uh, not only do they have moves, your Pokemon will have abilities, and the abilities are stuff like, oh, he might not be, he has a better chance to dodge water attacks. Uh, he might lower the, the other Pokemon's, like, attack right away. Um, in the new game coming out, um, they've made it so that so the big thing was is Gigamax battles were the thing in this version. And with the expan when the expansion came out, what they did is they made it so any Pokemon that could Gigamax, instead of you having to grind to find that Pokemon and then catch them to be able to get that Gigamax version of it, and hopefully get the Gigamax version of it, now you can just grind the Gigamax battles, it spawns mushrooms in the area, you pick those mushrooms, and then now you can feed a soup that automatically gives you that Gigamax. So with the new expansion coming out, instead of now where, like Joe, you said, I don't have to worry too much about catching certain evolved versions of my Pokemon because I can redo the moves as I want. The neat thing is now what they're going to do now is they're changing it where in the next set, we actually get to have a item or ability that we unlock at some point that allows us to change the abilities of our Pokemon and unlock the pokemon specific ability that is usually locked behind uh catching the rare breed one or a shiny so they're they're just making this game more accessible for people that just want to play a relaxing pokemon game and don't want to just have to sit there and worry about grinding and knowing everything and like if you want to have a level 100 pikachu go ahead so and the integration with uh i think like pokemon go is going to integrate all their pokemon into it too like it's just it's it's this game is amazing. I, I should have bought it sooner. Yeah, I was tell I was telling you how good it was when I first got it. You're like, oh, I'm not really a Pokemon guy. I'm not gonna get it. You know, 
not my thing. And I was like, no, man, I'm telling you, this game's good. Yeah, and now now I'm now I'm hooked. Now, Roberto, after hearing all this wonderful talk of the Pokemon, the Pokemans, uh, what is your feeling still on Pokemon? Like, would you give it? A, let, let's be honest. If you had a chance to just give it a try, would you? I'd try it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to think. You know, cut my teeth and think into it. Nothing against it. It's just, it, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. It, it's it's nothing against it at all. I'm I'm sure it's a very good game. I mean, I've seen people play it, talk about it. Um, I guess it would just be that maybe it's just not for me, or I'm not, or That's I don't fine. hold the same interest as the whole, like the same interest as I used to. Um, I it's any one of those things. I mean, I'd have to say that it's um, it's it's great to see that there's all these enhancements that are being done, and that this is a style of gameplay that players have been doing ever since the 1990s, and it's been refined and tweaked and enhanced and uh, balanced to a degree to try and make it the best type of monster hunting and battling RPG that you can possibly make it. And there's just uh, it does seem that there's a lot of uh, a lot of content and a lot of art that was poured into these two installments. And that's great. That's that's really good. I mean, for me, I'm kind of waiting for the next bat- Pokemon Stadium to come out, or um, I don't know if they ever make another Pokemon tournament, one of those. But uh, yeah. But other than that, I mean, it's good to see that the game is it's it's finding success and there's people who are really enjoying what it is and, and embracing uh, what it is and really taking on to it. Because I know that Nintendo has a... When, when this change is being made, the audience of Nintendo tends to have a very uh, picky attitude with things. And they might completely reject something because it changes. So it's good to see that Pokemon's still thriving. Oh, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, so then with that too, um, I'll talk about the other game. I'll just mention two. Um, Wait, hold on, hold on, real quick. Oh, okay. I mean, guys, uh, Roberto. So this game got me to do something that I've never ever done before Use in a long time. Games. No, what don't I do, guys? Like you know me as a gamer. What what's one thing I don't subscribe to? Uh, I don't know, Corey. What don't I ever buy? DLC. Correct. What did I do? You bought DLC. Yeah, I bought the DLC for this. It okay. was Whoa. yeah. I mean, it added the first DLC pack added another hundred and something Pokemon, Roberto, and then the next one adds every single legendary from every single game. Yeah, wow. and it, and it, these these expansions too aren't just like uh, it was funny because Brandon played it for like four hours and he's like, oh, I beat it, right? He's like, yeah, I did it. I did the story of the expansion. I'm like. Man, that was quick. I mean, we just bought this like yesterday, but sure. And then I played it for a bit, and then I was asking him questions like, "Oh, okay, so, uh, you know, how do you? Where'd you find this? Where do you find that?" He's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "You didn't do this other half of the expansion." He's like, "There's another half to this." I'm like, "Dude, there's like another like six, seven hours of this." He's like, "What in an expansion? Like, it's just like almost like it's not an entire new game, another game, but." The idea that this expansion could take you up to like, it, it's neat that if you play through the game, basically the, the the nice and this is kind of the grind of it. The the game is really nice about it, where 
when you beat the end of the main game, you end up at level 60 is the, the goal. Once you hit that, every Pokemon in the entire world becomes level 60 as a base. So if you catch a Caterpie, guess what? That that homie's coming out level 60. It's tackling everything. It's making names. It, it gets one bit of experience. Then it level it, it uh, evolves into uh, the the other Pokemon. And then when it goes from there, it goes to Butterfree and it evolves into that. So the the you're not having to grind the experience to get these tiny Pokemon up to that level 60 anymore. But then once you finish the expansion, that brings you up to the point of your Pokemon being anywhere between level 70 and 75. So now I have a feeling the next one's going to bring us to that point of being like up to that level 80, uh, like 80 to 100. But the nice thing is, is the way that they're doing this, I don't feel like I'm having to go crap. Now I have to sit there with the level one Caterpie and grind the shit out of this thing because now I have to have my Caterpie be level, you know, 50 to 60 to even compete with anything. Now it automatically is. So super nice that way. I can't say any more good things about this game. Well, I probably could, but we'd be here all day having this is just a Pokemon episode. But what I did play other than that is I did um, play. I beat everyone's golf. I'll say this again. This is a great little golf game. If you like golf games and don't want the full sim effect of the Tiger Woods games or the 2K games that they've had, um, it, you can make your own characters. Uh, you can play around the in the world. Um, it, right now, there's also a gimme mode that they just have for all time. So if you're really bad at these types of games, it gives you a chance to get better um, and play that way. I also found out that once you beat the game, uh, that's when the real game starts. Uh, hooray! Uh, Wait, grind what? Begins. Yeah, the grind begins. Um, you unlock basically champion clubs or custom clubs, which you F can that. custom. Yeah, yeah. So you can custom them by using turf war chips. For every ten turf war chips you get, you get to trade them in for a ticket. That ticket gets you so you can upgrade one point on your custom clubs. And the scary thing with that is that. I don't know how many points you can go onto your custom clubs, but then there's a level two custom clubs and I'm assuming there's level three and all this stuff. So then that's how you see people getting like the 400 yard drives and shit like that. But that's, that's a lot of game. And there's like this, the the end course that you get to play is just like crazy. It's, it's crazy hard. It's, it's, it's for the, the, the true, uh, everyone golfers. Um, but the last game I played, uh, this week, um, because of the time that this comes out, uh i have reviewed my second game that i reviewed ever uh ride four is coming out um i played that um i reviewed it for reviewfix.com um for our buddy patrick um hickey jr the the author of um you know the minds behind the games uh ride four is a great sim more uh motor uh supercross motorbike game uh but it is hard. It is ridiculously hard. And without tutorials, it's. I wish there was tutorials, but this game is like. When we think of Gran Turismo, this is like almost more in depth than Gran Turismo when it comes to how you race. And it took me a long time to get used to racing in it. But once you get it, man, it just. What an amazing game. The the sound, the amount of. Uh, like the amounts of differences like when you're breaking a corner you're using your front brakes then your back brakes then you're releasing your your front brakes then you're 
letting go of your back and then you're like taking the corner, then you're gassing, then you're tucking when you take the corners and it's all different buttons. So like it, they really take pride in what they do and with having real life courses and having real life bikes. And as you play, it's just like if you were really in the real circuit world, uh, the more you race for a certain company, uh, the more they're, they're willing to give you uh, different bikes that they've made and stuff like that. Uh, you can customize your rider. You can make the, your bike look different than everybody else. Your rider can look different than everybody else in the sense of how he plays. Uh, like there's just so many things and it does have a lot of, like the other Grand Tourism games, it does have a lot of aids that are available to you. Uh, but the only problem is, is that uh, without a tutorial to begin with, it's really hard to understand what aids you need and don't need. But I couldn't, if you like Supercross motorcycle, motorcycle racing games this is definitely a game i'd pick up um but you have to be prepared to to have a very big grind at the start if you've never played a ride game but other than that that's all i've played so that is it which brings us into the topic of the show this week we're talking about all the games coming out from october the 1st to the end of the year and some of the ones that we know were coming out that we're happy about uh possibly 2021 releases but we're going to go through i've got a list here if you guys want to check out the full list uh, we're only going to pick a few out of them obviously we're not going to sit there and talk about every single solitary title because we don't know what half of them are uh but we're going taking the gameinformer.com's 2020 list uh we're just going through there uh we're going to talk a little bit about each one of these guys uh to the ones that we know uh, if you have guys have games that you want that you saw on the list that we didn't talk about and want to talk to us about them, uh, hit us up in the Facebook group and we'll talk about it there or uh, just, you know, hit us up on Twitter or whatever. And then uh, we can talk about it next week for sure. So let's get into this list. Now, uh, one of the biggest uh, releases we saw the first in October I think this is a little wrong because I think it came out in September, not October, but it says Super Mario uh, Bros. 35, 35th edition. Um, I know that came out in September. Um, we're already off to a good start, but um, I bought it. I know, Joe, you're waiting, if I'm correct. Yeah, I'm probably going to wait till, you know, next, um, like right after Christmas. I'll probably get a gift card. I'll probably use it on that. And then, Roberta, what about you? Did you pick this up? And which game again? Uh, the Super Mario Bros. 35? Yes, I did. Oh, oh, you mean the thirty, the 3D All-Stars? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, so then uh, I did pick that up. It's uh, Oh, yeah, sorry. Super Mario Bros. 35 is the Battle Royale game that came out. That's Never mind. Game, Yeah, Game, game Informer is not wrong. That's just me. But either way, this is all the stuff that came out during that press conference we saw. So we had the All-Stars and Super Mario Bros. 35, which... At this point, I played it. It's great, but it already has hackers. So good job, you assholes. Wait, what? It already has hackers that are in the game that are getting like nine, 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 nine coins every single match. <laughs> I know. Joe. Well, I mean, I'd have to try and check it out myself. But uh, yeah, you know, I picked it up because for the novelty, the fact that the, the game's only available for six months and I never really played any of those Mario games. So um I've been meaning to catch up on that. I mean, I got some games to review and things like that, so I'll get to it eventually, inevitably, but, uh, you know, <laughs> if the game's only available for the next six months, and given that everyone, it's, people are going to be charging at the wall to, to pick up more, I was just kind of like, I mean, just grab it and, you know, own it. 
So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, um, that's that was an unexpected surprise. I'm happy it's around. I kind of wish there was more re-releases like that, but uh, I'll take it from that. So, what's the uh, next game on the calendar? Well, I was gonna say, what's your opinion on the uh, Super Mario Bros. Uh, Thirty? Because I, I don't, I know you haven't played it. I mean, I've played it, but what are your guys' opinions on that having a battle royale Mario game? Hey, um, I'm a believer that. You should, if you have an IP, you should stretch it and try and reinvent it in different ways. One of my my issues with gaming nowadays is that people think that a met like a Mario game should just be a platformer. A Metro game should only just be a Metroid exploration mania game. And I'm I'm in disbelief. I feel that if you want to turn Mario into a strategy game, that's where you get rabid. You want to turn a racing game, you get Mario Kart. You get want to make a soccer game, you get fire the strikers. So if you want to turn Mario in, into a battle royale, sure. Just think about what you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it. And it sounds pretty cool. I think honestly, more people should be doing that. And I've I've played it, and I can tell you it is it is pretty neat, but I was terrible at Mario One, and I, that means I'm terrible at this. So <laughs> I mean I definitely Go, uh, yeah. I love I love uh, Mario 3D. I love all the 3D games. My favorite one is definitely Sunshine, and I'm really excited to replay Sunshine. And I'm 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 really interested to see what people think of Sunshine, like 20 years later, because it's been like that long since Sunshine came out, and I, I think it's really cool to see how people you know gravitate towards that game or or you know shy away from it, having played all the Mario's they've played since then, and what Mario what the 3d mario has like kind of become and sunshine's kind of different because you have the flood and it works and the the jumping mechanics and the glide kind of work a little different it's just a different style like roberto said the best thing about mario is he always innovates every game it's never the same just because you're you're collecting a different type of like star or moon or shine or whatever it's still it has that core aspect it's kind of like zelda right not every Zelda is created equally. Yeah, you have to go, you know, get the three pieces in the beginning and then you collect the pieces of the Triforce and then you finish the game. But it's all the little tweaks that they do to the gameplay mechanics that make a game. Uh, it makes you want to play like different iterations of games. If everything was the same, like how boring would gaming be? Pretty boring. All right, let's move on to the next thing. So the next thing, the next big one here that I see is Crash 4. It's about time. now. I, want I don't think any now. of us. Has, I, I was gonna say I don't think any of us has played this. I want really badly this game. Um, Joe, well, I know you want this game really, really bad. Roberto, like I, you have this game. Yes. Yeah, so from what I gather, it this is a really good one. It's uh, it if you did play the remakes a couple of years ago, this is gonna of course impress you immensely with the new visuals, the new gameplay, the new redesigns, on and so on and so forth. And I feel that uh, it looks really, really good. I, I kind of am in stunned that they're making they made a fourth one after uh, recognizing that the third one ended so long ago. I would I'm probably going to get tap into it probably tonight or tomorrow and see how it is. But uh, it sounds like though that if you love the Sp- the Spyro remaster remakes and the Crash remakes, you should stop what you're doing and then pick this one up. And I couldn't agree with you more. We're going to have to, obviously, uh, we will come back to this and talk about it more once you 
play a little more and we can ask you a little more in-depth questions with that and go through that. So the next game on the list, Star Wars Squadrons. Now, Joe, I'll let you begin this one (laughs) because... I know Roberto probably wants this game as well, or at least wants to check it out. I know he's a big fan of the old school Star Wars, um, like squadron games, uh, rogue squadron games. So I am too. And I'm really interested to see if this lives up to any sort of hype that the game has received. I know that it's basically a short campaign to kind of teach you the mechanics, a la like destiny. And then it kind of goes from there to be like this big, um massively multiplayer dogfighting game and i'm kind of i'm kind of very interested to check this one out roberto what are your thoughts on this one this is actually one of the games i did actually play over the weekend as well i poured about an hour into it and i can tell you that this is definitely going down as one of the biggest surprises i have personally experienced regarding video games and star wars i this was announced just a few months ago and it was a vehicular spacecraft focused Star Wars that is kind of a big deal because this because Star Wars had a legacy on PC regarding X-Wing and TIE Fighter and X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, those games. And yet everything works swimmingly well here. It takes some getting used to, but it works swimmingly well. You feel like you are in the cockpit of your favorite Star Wars starfighter. Star Wars was about a lot of things, but the space vehicles were always the thing that people got into because they were spaceships, they were starfighters, unlike anything you had ever seen before. They didn't have flying saucers, they looked like aircraft, they looked like aircraft for combat. You're in the cockpit, the cockpits are extremely detailed with all sorts of instrumentation, your radar, your targeting systems, your energy levels that you can manipulate. The sound of flying through space, whizzing past, firing at X-Wings, X-Wings fire at TIE Fighters. It feels true to everything you ever grew up on with the original trilogy. It's it's fantastic. And I only played the prologue mission, the first mission. I have not played multiplayer. I was going to probably dip into the multiplayer also tonight just to see how it is. But the controls feel right. The whole game takes place in the first person. If you really want to be... be uh, uh dangerous if you wish to be dangerous you can actually turn off your hud and then just rely solely on instrumentation within the use the force right well i don't know about that but um i don't know if you can do that this time because remember you're you're just a regular rebel you're the reason why i say that made that joke is because well it wasn't a joke it was a reference but like in the original star wars that's what he has to do in order to shoot the he turns off all of his head and everything, Luke, and he uses the Force. No, he turns off the targeting, com- like the targeting computer to destroy the Death Star. Yeah, right. the- yeah. So, okay, I see where you're getting at. Yeah, you can also be making a Force Awakens joke because it's well when when they're on the Star Killer base and then Finn's like, you know, I know we'll use the Force, and then Harrison Ford, you know, on solo <laughs> with his grunty voice, that's not how the Force works, and it's not. <laughs> Yeah, it's not wrong. Uh huh. So, anyways, no, but it was. It's just I was genuinely very impressed uh, so far, and then the story is actually pretty cool. I mean, it, it flips between Vanguard Squadron and, and the left of the Empire, so you get to see different characters and what they believe in, and you get to fight on both sides. So it's 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 cool, you know. And I liked how they did that, and it wasn't just like we're just going to stick specifically to one side or the other because I want to see the conflict on both sides. I want to see. 
also the the vehicles of both sides. You know, the Empire had you know Tie Fighters, and they were. So now is that and, is that is that kind of how the campaign works? Do you get to play the campaign from both sides? Yes, and then the, each oh, campaign that's has its own unique characters. Oh my god! There's I a diverse array of characters on the Rebel Alliance side. Well, all right, all right. in particular. All right, when um, I get paid, when I get paid this week, I think I'm gonna pick it up at Walmart. You know, aliens. There's this one cyborg alien. There's this uh, this one character who's non-binary, so she uses they pronouns and Kanto, uh, Kano, something like that. Nice. Did you so. did you buy this or did you get a review code? No, I bought it. No, because it, listen, there they ain't nothing trying trying to get an EA review code, man. <laughs> you you have so to be, true, so true. You have to have like a hundred thousand subscribers and be Jesus committed God. and it's it's never with ea it's never gonna happen activision i mean hey i i got a good contact and but um with ea forget about it but in any case yes pick up squadrons up so um did you pick it up at best or where did you pick it up at did you pick it up at gamestop yep oh man roberto you gotta get on that walmart train bro everything's 33 dollars. that's 40 dollars, and every game that's 60 dollars is 50 dollars no you cannot beat those walmart prices no i don't like walmart really you're just not supporting the walmart huh no i don't like walmart i go i go listen i'm the kind of guy that goes to red lobster to get seafood five guys to get cheeseburgers i go to gamestop to get games you feel me i can't yeah i get you but i'm saving my money so right But in any case, uh, what about What's you, next? Corey? Oh, yeah, Corey, are you going to pick this up? Uh, I mean, it's definitely something I'm going to pick up, but it's going to be one of those games that probably I'll pick it up when it becomes cheaper down the road, for sure, because I got so many things. I got too many things. Because I'm, 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 unlike some people, I'm picking up the PS5 day one, so I got to start saving up for that crap. So I got to I gotta do that. Um, Next game that I think we should mention is Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2 Grand Prix. Now, I'm just mentioning this because we're all everybody loves kart racers. I, I mean, hopefully this is good. We'll probably find out. I know if we go check our Nintendo dual screen buddies over there, I know they're get they're going to be playing some of this game. Well, so. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, th- I mean, <laughs> uh, we got a good connection. If we wanted to, probably procure copies of this. Uh, <laughs> I will not mention who it is, but uh, he works for the parent company that made this game, or. Or the parent company that works for the parent company that makes this game. Um, and he was telling me that I think he actually played it and he said it was okay or he's going to play it. I don't remember yeah. what he said, but um, I don't know. It looks okay from what I've seen so far. Like I said, I mean, it's the not- first one's not bad. I, I, I messed around with it. Um, I actually, my, uh, my nephew has it. So I played it a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a decent little kart racer. It's one of those surprising things like Hello Kitty, but not as good as Hello Kitty Racer is, which is surprisingly one of the best kart games ever made. Don't at me. It's actually real. It's a real thing. Like if you look it up, it goes for like hundred, like a hundred dollars on like eBay, which is like ridiculous, but like the game's really good. It's got good intuitive controls and the game works well. And that's really all you need to have a good game, right? So who knows? This game could be a, a, a hidden gem, right? Like Roberto, how many times have they made like, really crazy like knockoff kart racers like like whoever expected sonic racing to be as good as sonic racing was oh man that game was great this yeah. could be another sonic racing i mean yeah I, I it does visually look pretty good i'd have to take a look maybe when it gets on discount i'll pick it up 
or if I get a, a press release about it later on. It is really ambitious. I do appreciate that this is happening. I mean, I do admit that the Nickelodeon kart racers would probably be better if their roster included some past characters, if like Ren and Stimpy was there and well, Wild Thornberries also. Um, they are added in this one. Uh, not Ren and Stimpy. I don't think so. I think they might be. Uh, well, give me like no. two seconds to look up the cast. I don't know. I know. No, you can actually. So. You... We'll continue on. As there right. are lots of games to cover. We're still on like October 5th. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll take a look. If it gets on discount, I'll pick it up. I mean, I've still got my nephew, my godson, and my niece that are into kart racers. This might be easier for them to play. I tried playing um, Horizon Turbo. Horizon, yeah. Horizon Shift Turbo. Yeah, that's the. Oh my god, JoJo Siwa's in this game. Pass. But in any case. (laughs) Wait, what? Yes, JoJo Siwa is a playable character, Roberto. Who the hell is JoJo Siwa? She's, um, like some teen, like, pop sensation. My daughter's, like, really into her. Come on. And they've added, like, like. Okay, you. Okay, so before we move on. So playable characters, help me, ready? No, no, Spongebob's? So help me remember, there was this, uh, they had Animorphs on Nickelodeon, but there was this one show about this kid who was a bully, and then he got turned into a dog. Did he nope. get unturned into a dog? Nope, I don't know, but I never heard of that show. I'll have never to check it out, though. Nope. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google this and research it. Alright, so playable characters for Nickelodeon Kart Racer 2 are Jojo Siwa, Spongebob, Patrick, Sandy Cheeks, Squidward, Tommy Pickles, Chucky Finster, Angelica Pickles, Reptar, Rocco, Heifer, Catdog, Ren, Stimpy, Danny Phantom, uh, Danny Phantom, Grim, or not Grim, uh, Zim from Invader Zim, uh, G.I.R., is that Gurr from Invader Zim? Uh, Ang, Korra, Arnold, Helga, Gerald, uh, Lincoln, Lucy, Clyde, uh, Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Shredder. It actually has a really good cast. It actually has a really good cast. That's pretty crazy. Wow, that is a really good cast. So it does have Ren and Stimpy, and it has Invader Zim characters, and Danny Phantom, and Catdog, and Rocco, and Heifer. I might actually, I might pick this up when it's $10 on PSN. That's uh, that's where I'm at with this one. Like, or maybe a $20 stocking stuffer for Christmas or a black, uh, a cheap Black Friday pickup. If it goes cheap, I'll get it. But other than that, I'm probably going to pass on this. Well, I know, I know the next game on this list is going to probably be a game that I don't think any of us are going to play for a while, uh, just because it's mainly on PC. But we got to feel out our PC love crowd out there. Uh, Boulder's Gate 3. I know this is a huge release for a lot of people that love the old Boulder's Gate games. I, I thought that was coming to console. At this point, it's only a PC and Stadia. At this point. It might be coming to console, just not right now. Interesting. But I either want to play Boulder's Gate 3. Yeah, so. I, I love Boulder's Gate. The old Boulder's Gate games were amazing, and I would love to get my hands on playing this. But at this point in time, like I said, it's not coming unless I get a better PC. I mean, that's the only way I'm going to play it, so... That is that. Uh, next, uh, we have Ride 4 coming out. Obviously, I'm just going to mention that just because... Passed. Hey, get out of here. It, just because <laughs> I reviewed it, it's okay. Uh, then we got our usuals, you know, like the FIFA and everything else coming out. Now, here's the next one that I know that is going to be the one that you guys are going to want. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. Dude, I want this game so bad. 
it, it it looks it looks like it has so much potential to be like that next like breakout of uh, squad based shooting game. It does. It's just it's just campy enough, and the mechanics look just good enough. Um, I know it's got like a, a a pretty long story to it too, apparently. But I think the main takeaway from this game is it takes place during G one GI Joe, which is like my shit. Like I'm a G one GI Joe like purist. I don't really like any GI Joe outside of like original like 70s 80s GI Joe. Roberto, I know you were kind of hyped for this too. Yeah, because it definitely looks like something that is old school. It's old fashioned. It's pretty cool. It's pretty neat, and uh, you know. I like it. It's pretty neat. Um, it's uh, just something that's kind of like just just tuned into uh, it, an older type of action game, the old fashioned, and then also the fact that it's GI Joe. And we haven't really seen that. And plus, we have Cobra Kai coming out later on. From the same. Uh, I got another press release from that from the same guys at Sandbox Strategy. So uh, I mentioned that because it's like we're in a bit of a an eighties comeback of sorts of gaming. And uh, yeah, I think I'll definitely be picking it up or try and get a review code at the very least. Sweet, sweet. And then uh, next after that, a game that I think I'm going to personally play is uh, Torchlight 3 is coming out. Uh, the nice thing is that this time it's going to release for uh, console and PC at the same time. For those that don't know what Torchlight is, Torchlight is basically a more comedic-filled version and a little bit more of a uh, less hardcore version of Diablo. Um, it is still a very much amazing game. It, it's been actually been rated a, before Diablo three was uh, the be- uh, Torchlight two was the best. Uh, I can't remember the dungeon crawler at the time of the, the generation. Uh, then Diablo three came out, and now we're going to see the third version of it for Torchlight. And the idea that it's coming to console right away is really nice to have that instead of having the other way. I know it is early access on Steam right now, and I've heard nothing but good things. So I'm excited for that for sure. And then uh, I don't know if you guys have any opinions on Torchlight. Play Torchlight. No. I, I have no. the second one. I've been th- means to check it out. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great game. Like Torchlight 2. Uh, I played the first is, two. Yeah, they're, they're great games to play. Um, like I said, it's one of those games, same with Diablo, that I think really playing with friends is what you have to do to really have fun with this, uh, to the true extent. It's the same idea with Pokemon. Um, it kind of runs in the same boat where playing by yourself is great, but like to have, like, even if we're just all playing our own games, uh, having it on chat and talking about our experiences as we're playing it, um, obviously does super well. Um, other than that, I mean, we got some other things. I'm just going to read the names out, not really go over too much about them because it's just stuff that we know what's, what it's going to be. We have Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition coming to PC. Uh, I know you were excited Mon- for that. I mean, if I had a good enough PC. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Monster Truck uh, Championship is coming out. Wait, they're uh, making another Monster Truck game? Yeah, yeah October the 15th. Consoles or no? Uh, both. Oh, man, I'm going to have to look into that. Uh, Space Cruise coming out too as well. I know a lot of people have been talking about that. Uh, we got Tears of Ava. That's an Xbox uh, One and PC exclusive at this point in time. Uh, our favorite new kart racing game, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, is going to come out this month as well. Uh, Wait, that comes out this month already? Yeah, October the sixteenth. Wow, that's a hundred bucks. Did you see that? It's a hundred bucks. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Let's talk. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, Roberto, do you think that you're going to buy a Mario Kart? Uh, virtual reality or well AR game 
that you could play in your house. Like, no. do you think that's? Yeah, I'm kind of the, I'm in the same boat. Do you think it's the price tag that's the no, or is it like the feasibility of setting up it's the track? The price tag. It's the feasibility. I I guess like if you have, it's it comes at a right time considering that we're probably looking at going into to a potential lockdown again. All things considered, with the fact that you know cases are starting to spike and uh, people are not having a good handle on this, what's going on. And so I suppose having this, especially if you have a, a family at home and got kids would be very effective in sorts and of making sure that, uh, you know, you can have this really unique, interesting take of entertainment. And then on top of that, there is the fact that there's a whole racing game within. So it's, it's a pretty interesting concept. I would have to say this is better than that cardboard invention thing they had what was they even called again oh the the when they had the uh yeah i know what you're talking about when they had it where you could build your own stuff out of the cardboard and then like yeah his controllers oh labo labo, labo was yeah. labo was trash um i guess they they kind of wanted to go and, and pursue that again but uh in it to an extent but be a little more practical and not have it be so much cardboard so that being so, said um did yeah, you guys see it okay did you guys see that they're releasing two different versions of it? Uh, you say if if they are, they are. Oh, okay. There's a Mario and a Luigi. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, and you can yeah. buy, you can have two of them play sim- simultaneously I'm at the same course. time. Yeah. I just don't get how it really works though. Like, and so, and like here- and, and like, wouldn't people rather have? Like, I get how it works, but, like, wouldn't people rather have a new Mario Kart game than this kind of, like, ham-fisted attempt to innovate, as Nintendo always does? And I'm like, I just want to, on a new Mario Kart. Like, that's so all I want. here's the thing. I, I don't think this is aimed at gamers. Let me, let me tell you what this is aimed at. Roberto, you've played Mario Kart, you love Mario Kart. You have nephews you, that, that, you know, maybe they don't game. You bring this over, this is something that they can physically see and touch and see Mario Kart as it is. And it's a $100 complete unit. So it's a game, a console, and everything all in one. Yes, it only plays one thing. But no. the idea that... No, you need a Switch to play this, buddy. Uh, do you yeah. Really oh, well, then... You yeah, play no, the no. whole game on the Switch. You race then, on... Then I, I don't know. My, my, my method of what this could be i mean it seems cool but yeah i okay you're like no if i could do this through mobile if i could do this through a cell phone 100 percent, i could see where this be beneficial but if i have to use a very switch then okay never mind okay continuing down the list nhl uh, we don't need to talk about that it's the same thing every year i'll get it Uh, next year when it's ten dollars yeah uh let's see what else we got what else is good uh we got the dlc coming out for the new pokemon game uh, that's supposed to come out in November, not the October the 22nd. If it comes out October 22nd, then that is amazing. Ah, cool thing I'm going to mention in this uh, as a as a shout out. It is not a new game, but it is the update to Ghost of Tsushima. That update looks balls to the walls amazing. New game plus, more stuff. Full multiplayer mode that looks like Neo. Custom characters, squad-based, two-player two story mode in it. And then four player cooperative boss runs and raids coming to it. God damn, I'm going to be in that like deep, deep. Um, you're not going to see me. That's all I'm going to be playing. Um, down as we go, we got Ghost Runner coming out. I know a lot of people are excited about that coming out uh, later to the end of the month. Uh, Legends of Heroes Tales of uh, Cold Steel 
uh, four is coming out. Obviously, oh, Kathy wants that. Alleg- uh, Tales of Cold Steel games have been just crazy. Uh, and I mean, people are really just jumping on this and really loving it. Uh, we'll finally be caught up. It will finally be caught up in the West, right? Like that's that's the newest one, right? So, I don't yeah, think five's yeah. out in Japan yet, right? So we're finally yeah. at the point where we actually have all the games that they have. Yeah, and then Watchdog Legions is coming out. So the new version of Watchdogs is coming out. Um, I I I haven't really seen res- enough. I, I'm reserved. This I'm reserved re- on this. Once I see more, I'll really decide if I want to do this or not. It looks like a cool concept. I do like the world of Watchdogs. I like where they're going with this game. Um, I just need to see more to like kind of really get my idea of what I want. Now I'm gonna say Pikmin Three Deluxe. Uh, Joe, I already know where you're gonna go with this, and I I don't need you to continue on bashing Pikmin and tell me it's a garbage game. Uh, Pikmin's not a garbage game. The price is garbage. The price is absolute garbage. If you're gonna tell me that you can buy that, you could buy that game up on the eShop for twenty dollars until they tore it down to put this up. No. No, Nintendo and their shady practices need to stop. I don't care if you added like a brand new mode that you maybe took like five weeks to develop. Get out of here. I'm not paying $60 for that. This this stuff has to stop. Like just if anything, allow me to still purchase the old version because I want to maybe play it on my Wii U. Don't just discontinue things because you want people to buy it on a different console. Because what if I don't own that console and that turns me off from buying your consoles because your shady practices? Shit makes me angry. Like, and I've I've cursed. I haven't cursed a lot on this episode because I'm trying to hold my temper. But shit like that makes me angry. Like that's the shit that I don't like that Nintendo does. It just makes me utterly angry. Roberto, what's your opinion on Pikmin Three? Uh, it's game. I guess if you like it. It's cool. Great job, Roberto. <laughs> a plus okay. reporting. Okay, so the next game that I know Joe's going to have a super big... Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology second version, second game's coming out, Little Hope. Uh, Pre-ordered. I mean, God, can't wait. I'm going to be so excited for this. Me and Joe, we're going to probably play it day one together stream. Like, what a great game. I'm. We're just going to leave it at that. You guys need to listen to our, like, whatever episode it is that we're going to have at another time to figure that shit out. We're finally into November, guys. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution is coming to Switch. Buying it. Like, I'm glad I waited till it came out on Switch because now I can play this game on the go and I can create havoc and watch people get murdered and watch, you know, my dinosaurs destroy my park. And it's going to be all on the go. And I'm kind of excited for that. Like, I know, Corey, I know you own this or PS4. Um, And, you know, I love Jurassic Jurassic Park. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I've waited to buy this and it's really cool that it's it's all inclusive in one package on the go and I have to eat that portable tax, but it's like one of those games where like, I'm kind of willing to eat it. I really wish it hit at a $40 price point, but I do think it's 60, right? If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I think it's 60, but I think it includes the DLC. If I'm correct, it does. It includes all the DLC, but do you think a game that's, I think it's worth it for the DLC. I paid $30 for the game separately and I paid another $20 for just the, just the Jurassic park DLC. So like, I think it's worth that for sure. So it's a great game that plays portable. Like I do love my uh, builder games. And I think this is one of those games that I'm just going to love a lot on. I mean, I already have it on PS4, so I probably won't buy it on the switch, but you know, there's just games. that are just so good at it. That is for sure. So I don't think I would double. Have you, have you ever played any of these guys? The the Pikmin games? No, 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 no. Jurassic worlds for Oh, Jurassic world. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the, the 
the world building one. Yeah, I just totally missed out on that. Sorry. Um, the I've been meaning to. I, I remember playing this one Jurassic Park game on the PC. I admit that like one thing I've been meaning to explore further is the 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 whole park or zoo or city building games. I used to do that quite a bit growing up. Now I don't do that so more, but so much. No, but I heard this was really good from Frontier Developments. They make Elite Dangerous. And uh, Ian Malcolm, you know, uh, Jeff Goldblum, he's in the game as like a big part of the whole experience, not like for two seconds. So it's something enjoyable, you know, just to hear his voice and, and know like that kind of connection there. And the it later expansions have been kind of wild too. So I'd have to say that this is a big uh, turning point because, you know, maybe Frontier Developments is thinking about making more of their games. For the Switch, uh, and maybe even releasing Elite Dangerous. So, the that being said, uh, yeah, this sounds pretty cool. If you haven't picked it up on PS4 or PC yet, yeah, and this game is amazing. I, I firsthand experience this game's fantastic. Okay, going down the list, uh, Dirt Five. Uh, it's another Dirt game. I'm excited that they re brought back out Dirt. I, I like the idea that we're getting an aversion of it. I loved Dirt before, so I'll probably love this again. I'll probably wait to buy it though um obviously because there's just too much shit coming out because the consoles are releasing so close to that that i don't understand why anybody would release uh games right the week before and hope to sell because people want like do you understand the people they're releasing that dirt game for or people that are gonna buy dirt like yeah, they're, yeah, gonna well, buy they're, they're gonna buy dirt and it's gonna play straight on the ps5 so understandable but need for speed hot produce pursuit is also coming out the same day remastered um yeah i i, I don't want to go into that uh then obviously the consoles come out. All the games that come for that. Assassin's Creed, Bright Memories, Devil May Cry Special Edition. I mean, Horizon. We've got Gears 5 is going to re-release. All the other games are going to re-release. Madden, Maneater is going to re-release. Marvel Avengers, obviously, is going to be on there. Uh, sea of Thieves is also going to be on there. we got all the other games that are going to come out. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is going to come out. We've well, let's got... talk about like yeah. Let's talk about the. Don't talk about all the games that are going to get re-released. Talk about like the games like that. So Yakuza, like Yakuza is a huge, out. a huge release. Yeah, yeah, huge release coming out. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, that's another big release we're getting. Uh, we're getting a remaster of Demon Souls. That's another like I. I mean, a lot of people are are talking about this is the reason why they're buying a PS5. Um, We've got Destruction All Stars. That game looked really cool. I can't wait to see more of that. Godfall. I know that that Godfall started out where it, the following was kind of like meh, and now people are like, yeah. So um, Godfall is definitely one of those games that's coming out that a lot of people are looking forward to. Uh, we've obviously got uh, the Spider-Man game coming out, being remastered completely, uh, so you can buy it with or without the expansion. It's your choice. Uh, they haven't said yet of how much of the if you have the the one version or already if it's going to trick carry transfer over hopefully it will we'll learn more about that as it comes time uh the new call of duty is coming out right after that point uh we've got the new kingdom hearts uh, melody of memories coming out after that point as well uh then the next big game um the game we've all been waiting for uh, uh cyberpunk 2077 finally comes out now, the interesting part that I find interesting with this is when I'm looking at the release on uh, Game Informer, it says that uh, it only comes out for PS4, uh, Xbox One, PC, because 
technically the the patch that's supposed to be out for PS5 isn't out yet. So play on those, it just won't be um, the PS5 version of those games, which is hilarious. But anyway, that comes out. And then the day after that, Joe's game comes out. Joe, do we need to go into why Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity should be everyone on everyone's Switch list? Or just, do I just... I mean, I just like, think it's I just think it's interesting that this game um, is drawing a lot more attention than the last Hyrule Warriors game, only because it's linked to Breath of the Wild. I, I, I'm wondering if the game's going to sell well and then people are going to be highly disappointed because they don't understand what they're getting themselves into. I mean, who knows? Now, the, here's the next game. This next game, Sleeper Hit. Everyone's going to be wondering about this. Katamari DeMacy re-roll. Yeah, that's right. You remember those games? Rolling is that, that the, all is that the PS4 release of it? Yeah, PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, it's out on Switch already. You know what, Joe? I don't need to hear your your out already I, on. Switch. I'm just telling you it's out already on Switch. I don't I don't have it, but I I heard it's yeah. decent. And Roberto, what about out of all those games that we just talked about in uh, uh, November? Like I know with the the big releases of the new consoles and stuff like that. Like, um. What are you looking forward to during those months? Cyberpunk 2077, I'm definitely grabbing. Um, I know that it's been a game in the works for a long time, but quite frankly, I just really like the world being depicted. It's a world where there is a warning about where our world is headed, environmentally, government-wise, or civilization, but at the same time, people have a means to change. And in this world, you have a means to alter yourself genetically and cybernetically to become better, faster, stronger, to merge the mind with a machine, to combine the computer with the power of a brain, and to make yourself more lethal than you've ever been. There's a city to burn, and maybe from the, from the ashes, there's a new, a better world that can come from it. The game has gotten a lot of, I think, honestly, unnecessary flack for a lot of reason. I think, honestly, because it's one of the most highly anticipated games of this of this generation, without a doubt. And I have to say that all the nonsense and all the bad PR and press that's gotten from the from the media out there has been unnecessary and, quite frankly, unfortunate. And it's because they want to derail the game. They don't want it to. They, you know, the game appeals to all the gamers and the whole widespread audience and for, for some of these people like they can't handle that so i'm happy for the game to come out and be the thing that's going to be and be this successful game and it's looking to be one of the greatest games probably of our generation and it's a it's a labor of love for the last half decade from a lot of these people let's enjoy it let's embrace it let's take it all in and be excited to be in this world where you can be customize yourself and be the cyborg that you want to be and just, you know, tear shit up and have a good time. So that's kind of what I'm looking at with, with that one. And with Katamar's Demoxie, uh, my friend Matthew told me it really is just this weird, strange, maybe slightly disturbing, but overall extraordinarily chill video game. And being that I would like, there's so many, there's so much just like homogenization in gaming nowadays. I would like to play something that's just very different and very unique. Like I played Fight Crab, for example, and Fight Crab was silly and funny. And it's a fighting game with crabs. Have you ever played Donut County? 
No, that's another one I wanted to play in the back. It's plot. basically Donut County. So it's it, right. So like, what I mean is that, um, yeah, it, it looks pretty interesting. I mean, I probably want to check it out for myself, see how it is, and uh, see if it's like if it's like something I'll 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 sing time into. But it looks pretty cool, and I appreciate the kind of cult classic reference it's gotten because the game's been around since the ps2 days it was on the vita at one point so uh yeah it's it's something i might play okay and then coming into the december now all we as we know december usually doesn't have a huge amount of games coming out just because it's it's usually the point where people are starting to save get ready for that boxing day um but we have a lot of collections coming out actually a couple of collections and a couple interesting games that are coming out uh for me, Empire Sins was one that we saw, uh, like the gangster kind of like build your universe game on Switch, and, and it looks like that game's actually coming out for PS4 as well and Xbox One. Um, that game looked really cool, something I really wanted to play. Um, we've also got Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of the ex- ex- whatever Age, uh, definitive Elusive edition, age. yeah, Elusive Age coming out. That's going to be the definitive edition coming out for PS4 and Xbox One. That looks super cool. Uh, We've also got uh, Poyo Poyo Tetris 2. I know uh, whenever a new Tetris game comes out, those those guys that buy it day one, 100%. But that game, Tetris games in general, just have their own feeling and heart. And then the collection of the Saga Final Fantasy Legend games uh, are coming out on the Switch as well uh, in the end of December. So far, that's it. Uh, for what we've seen coming out now, Joe, I know you had a couple games that uh, you're hoping that release before the end of the year here. Um, that I know you're excited for. You I mean, the, hu- the, the, the huge one is Scott Pilgrim. Like it's already October and we still don't have a release date. I'm, I was hoping we would kind of get it before Christmas, but I don't know if that's the case. And I don't, and I don't know if it's just going to be digital or if we're going to get a physical version. I'm, I'm praying we get a physical version. Especially since what happened with this game last time, I think it would be kind of really careless of them to understand what this game meant to the people that it, you know, how much it meant to the fans and that we would love to hold a physical copy of this game in our hands. Like, I know I would. I think Roberto feels the same way. It's kind of like it miffs me if they once again do not release a physical version of this game. Any other games, Joe, that you know know about that you haven't heard yet of coming I mean, out? Co- but... I mean, Cobra Kai. I mean, we know that's coming out in October. It's a quick little beat em up. Uh, I kind of want to pick that up. Um, I know Roberto's. that's on Roberto's list of things to kind of play, too. I mean, we like these kind of cheesy uh, games based on um, license. I can play a lot of that stuff. Um trying to think if there's anything else. I know, I know Kalai's looking forward to that Boyfriend Dungeon whenever it decides to come out. Is that ever coming out? I don't know. It's, it's, it's I imagine slated. it'll come out next year. Right now, um, as of right now, being the situation that we're in, I honestly, we, we, I think that conventions are probably going to be like canceled next year, so I think that they're trying to get their ducks in a row when they're going to release. I think that next year we'll definitely see it. Uh, they're not yet? They're not, they're not canceled yet? I think they will be. I mean, I'm I'm speculating just because we don't have a vaccine yet, and um, I think just people are going to be really afraid to be indoors. And then, any yeah. games for you, Roberto, that you're thinking about, like that you're looking forward to, that weren't on this list, or that maybe I forgot to mention? 
So I'm looking like uh, for PlayStation, there's I'm not too sure. Um, oh, well, there's a couple. There's two I want to bring up uh, briefly. Fuser from Harmonix. That's where you're the DJ. That looks pretty cool. That's that coming to Switch. Really yeah. That's coming to Switch, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, 11, 10, 20, 20. And it was really good when I played it at PAX East. I liked it. It was catchy. It was addictive. It was relaxing. It was energetic. I definitely want to play that. I, I kind of don't know if I want to get it on the PS4 or the Switch, just because I, I think like the idea of having that music around when you go is, is actually a mm-hmm. really neat idea. Uh, Sakura of Rice and Ruin. Oh, it's, yeah. I forget. That, that comes that, that out is... the same ballpark there. It's going to yep. be really neat. And uh, that's going to be it's a side-scroller action-adventure set within Japan. Uh, we mentioned this already before the show, but Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered comes out on November, 23rd, November 13th, 2020. Uh, so that's going to be the remake of the 2010 Need for Speed with, uh, with a couple of a few enhancements, some new textures, lighting effects, visuals. Uh, it's going to actually be cross-platform. So, uh, which I'm imagining this means it's going to be all platforms. I don't know if it's, it means just Nintendo Switch and PC or if it's going to be everybody. Wow. All the DLC is going to be uh, folded into there. Nice. Um, That's not a bad the, price. $40 the, for that? Yeah, $40. Um, there's going to be all sorts of stuff. So this was a fun game to play back in the day when I was uh, back in school. So definitely don't, look at, don't, don't miss out on that one. The Red Lantern, this was a Nintendo Direct game that was announced, like I think sometime in 2018, if I recall. It's a, uh, you know, like uh, this girl is trying to rediscover herself. So she goes on a sledding trip and that's a survival uh, one, right? Yeah, it looked, it was pretty cool. There was a small demo I played at PAX East. I liked it. Um, and right now, I mean, there's, there's still stuff that's not listed like, oh, Immortal Phoenix Rising comes out in December, guys. Worst title for a game ever, but it is. Yeah, but the game looks pick, sweet. Um, I do want to pick that one up. And then it's just some of the other ones that still caught my eye that we have no idea when they'll come out, but I'm just kind of biding my time and just taking it all in. Uh, we have, I mean, just looking at the eShop thing here, I'm looking at Cyan and Happiness Free Apocalypse. And, that looks uh, cool. That looks cool. Bullet Age. School, Skater XL supposed to come out for the Switch inevitably. Um, uh, Printy comes, comes out in like two weeks, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Bravely Default. Um, I have to still play the, the original. And then, uh, lastly, like Super Bowl, Super Meat Boy Forever, that's supposed to come out soon. And then uh, Skate Bird and Axiom Verge 2, though I have to finish the first Axiom Verge. And Dude, Skate Bird looks yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Another one I found, uh, 13, the remaster of 13 is coming out. You know what? Oh my god, and it's supposed to come out this year. Yeah, it comes out 11-10. Okay. So that yeah, comes that, out. Definitely, I think that's the last one for me then, for this, for 2020 at least, because um for ps4 because it's just 13 was a sublime shooter for yes it was back in the day and i i I miss it dearly it was definitely a great game i don't i don't know why it took so long for them to remake it like honestly like i think it should have got remade years ago there was no reason for them to wait this long to remake this game right wow katamari katamari re-rolled is only 30 dollars, guys it's not a bad price right good you're trying anyway, to pick up something so, on the cheap. Yeah, that covers everything. So, um, uh, yeah. Corey, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, so we can wrap up our show. I mean, uh, thanks for that. Now you guys know kind of what we're looking forward to. And like I say, if you guys want to catch us, 
Uh, you can uh, look at at GameStuffCast on Twitter, Facebook. If you just type it into the Facebook search bar, you'll find our public page. Our public page also has links to our private group chat and everything else as well. So you can get in touch with all that. Uh, you guys can follow Kalai at Kalai21. Uh, you can follow me at the Grounded Gamer, no E double D. Uh, Joe, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and PSN at Mr. TMNT84. That's Mr. MR capital T M N T 84 and PlayStation and on Twitter. And then Roberto, how can they find you? I'm a writing and writer and contributor for stackup.org military video game charity and Marooners rock, a website dedicated to all things geeky stackup.org is a non-for-profit 501 C military charity dedicated to using video games to better the lives of military and civilians. Meaning this is a charity where veterans and civilians can join the, Stackup.org also features something called the Stop Overwatch program. If anyone's having a bad day, has it, would like to find out more uh, about depression, anxiety, and how to even find resources for themselves should they be afflicted by such things, we have a program standing by on Discord 24-7 for, with uh, psych archer, armor agents that could help you get the answers and the help that you need at any time. We also, so we're, uh, right now we're trying to look for streamers for the Call to Arms campaign. Please consider, in time for Veterans Day next month, please consider donating and helping them out. Uh, Marooners Rock is a website dedicated to all things geeky. We got movies, anime, TV, video games, and uh, so on and so forth. It's a really nice uh, website by Alex and Andrew. And uh, I'm a contributor there, so please consider uh, checking it out and uh, making your comments well-known, reading up on some of the cool articles that are there, and so on and so forth. My socials, uh, my Twitter, pretty much the most, the biggest, most important socials to know. My PlayStation Network handle is Vectorman88, uh, and uh, that's in favor of the Ve- Sega Genesis character Vectorman with the 88 there. And uh, that uh, find me there, and uh, you'll be we can play anything you want. Just let me know. And then Twitter, my Twitter handle is jehuty88, and I am pretty active there. Feel free to give me a follow, DM me, talk to me, whatever. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on the net. And so, guys, as well, um, you can also check out our other shows like Trophy Horrors and sometimes PG Spoilers. Um, and check out the our uh, host site, uh, ProvenGamer.com. Uh, there you can hit our Amazon links that help support the show, as well as Humble, Humble Bundle. Uh, links are there as well now uh, one big thing that is coming up guys just to give you a heads up uh we're coming up to that point in time where it's going to be that good old 24-hour extra life streams are going to be coming uh i know me and joe are both planning on doing one uh we may do it together we may do it a little bit separate who knows but uh extra life is always something that uh i've always found to be uh, very true to my heart so uh come support extra life uh if not us someone else just to put your money somewhere um it goes to a good cause uh helping kids uh, in children's hospital that don't don't get the help they need um you know that's one big thing uh as you guys know you can see our nice cool logo uh it's made by a gentleman called isaac uh sago uh you can find him at isaacsago.com.com made.com uh as well as our intro song is by a band called take away the ugly the song is called don't panic and you can find them on bandcamp and as always guys We'll catch you on the another next episode of Game Stuff. Have a good one, everyone. May the force be with you. Hey guys, have a great night. Uh, just just a reminder, quick reminder: extra, extra life is Saturday, November seventh.
this year. So mark it on your calendars. Like, like Corey said, we'll be doing 24 hour stream. Uh, come check us out. Um, and we'll check you later on the next episode of game stuff. <laughs>